Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. I am Sarah Higdon. I am your host, and this is Transformed to Freedom. But welcome back. Um, yeah, I don't have a guest today, but I I can't promise, but we did coordinate for a guest um, next week, and I hope that um, it, it's going to be a big one. It, it, it's an amazing guest, um, and so you got to come in, tune in, stay tuned. If you subscribe to me on Twitter, subscribe to me all over the place, you'll see who the guest is um, in a few days, but I'm excited about that one. Um, and yes, if you did not go see, I did a special interview with Lou Perez last Thursday. Honestly, one of the funniest people I know, um, and I consider myself to be fairly, fairly funny, um, but... Lou is amazing. I had a great time with him last week. And so go watch that um, episode. Um, if you guys know, I, I love doing interviews. Um, and, you know, it's just coordinating people's schedules to do live stream interviews is not the easiest thing to do every week in, week, in, week out when I'm running everything myself. If I had a producer, it's a little bit different, but it's a very difficult situation sometimes. And so I love doing live stream interviews and um, because I just like to talk to people. And Lou was one of my favorites. And I am expecting to possibly have some more interviews coming up soon too, because there's a difference. So there's people that I want to talk to that can come on and do this show that I've already done interviews with, and you can go through my interviews list and do that. And then there's also other people who just have compelling stories, and I want to share more of those with y'all. And so um, hopefully I start, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking to possibly do more of those on Thursdays. Um, the difference between the interviews and this is I love the interaction um, with y'all during these episodes. Obviously, Lou's interview was actually, um, it was pre-recorded and then just streamed across as if it was live. Um, it was streamed across all platforms as if it was live. Um, but either way, I, I like to, I, unless there's like some crazy questions, you know, that we need to have answered in the chats, usually it's just a good conversation between me and my guests. So it is quite a bit different type of show that show versus this show um and so yeah and then we might have some other stuff coming up pretty soon too can't announce anything yet um but just like i said i think i told you guys last week just stay tuned we're doing things we're moving you know um hopefully getting my subscriptions activated on twitter pretty soon because um, I want to, I, I continue to want to share my journey to break this, um, you know, this female squat record that I'm doing because I'm telling you today was a big day in the gym. Like I was doing full squats with 185 pounds, like full squats. Like, so I did it four times, went all the way down to the, to the, to the level that you're supposed to go, like where your knees or your hips break the planes of your knees so that you can, and that's where I have to go to actually break the record. So 
I can see tremendous gains already, and I'm hoping that they give me a subscription so I can comp- continue to share these um, these videos. And if you don't know what I'm doing there, I am attempting to break the female squat record with my age and weight category, which is the raw female squat record. So, which means that you don't have like all these, you can't like without the assist. So, yeah. 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 You got to go ask grass. Right. You're right. (laughs) You're right, Justin. Um, That is what we have to do. And so my issue, especially going down as low as that is I'm an old combat vet. So I will tell you, it's not easy because my body doesn't want to do it. Um, especially my hip flexors. My hip flexors get super sore. I, ha- I pulled my hamstring years ago. Um, I have a bad lower back from jumping out of airplanes. And, and so it's not as, it's not the easiest thing in the world, again, for, yeah, an old combat vet to who's got a broken ass body. Um, yes, Courtney, I say old. I'm not saying that I am old because I don't, I'm not old, but my body it feels like it sometimes. Okay. Like the army will do that to you. Okay. It will beat you up, chew you up and spit you out. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I had bad knees and actually my knees are, are, are holding up pretty well. <laughs> um, my knees are holding up pretty well my left hip flexor, that's one of the things I'm working a lot right now is because of my pulled hamstring in my left leg. And then my, my, uh, my left hip flexor gets really sore. And then, yeah, every day when I get done doing stuff, my back is super sore just from again, wearing parachutes and stuff like that. And so I'm, I have to take it a lot easier, um, than I think I normally would. Yeah, I do a lot of foam rolling. I actually have one of those massage guns doing a lot of stuff, but I can't hitting my back is a little bit, a little bit more different, but so I live in Atlanta and the Atlanta school of massage has amazing deals on massages. So I'm just going to go do that and, you know, taking like deliberately recovering is something that I've never had to do in my life and I'm doing it now um, because I have to. But with all that said, tremendous gains, just tremendous gains. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but we're going to jump into this and actually one the first, the first thing I actually, I'm not going to just, I'm not really going to go too deep into it. Um, because it's, it's a long story and it's still ongoing. So if you guys didn't know the, um, our senior editor at the post millennial is Andy. No. And he is currently suing two members of Antifa and actually Antifa, uh, port in Portland, And so we have, this has kind of been a crazy story because 
one of the freelance photographers that we had that was, you know, in the courtroom taking pictures and everything like that. Antifa has basically gotten the judge and everybody else to bar her from the courtroom. And so now she's looking at getting lawyer fees and everything like that. So I've retweeted her stuff on uh, on on now X, I guess we can say, but I, I've, I've been reposting her stuff. So if you want to go support her, because like this is her livelihood and she was, you know, she got, has done nothing wrong taking pictures of this, of this court case. And there's been Antifa disruptions in the courtroom. There's been, you know, the, then they said that you can't, you know, freelance journal or freelance photographers can't be in the courtroom. And so she was the one she got kicked out, but yet there's that one freelance photographer in the courtroom who is like friends with the Antifa people. So it's just a, like, it's a crazy situation. And so you, you should definitely go and just continuously watch out for this. But there's, uh, we also have, um, so Katie Davis court is also in the courtroom. Um, and she's writing the write-ups every day. Like she's not, even, she's not allowed to have her phone in the courtroom. She's not allowed to take pictures. She's not allowed to do anything. So she's writing everything down of what's going on during the trial. And then just we're pushing it out every day so she's an in you know was the courtroom reporter so just watch out for those stories and check them out because and we've already had i think what there's two in there now and if you ever notice what we do with the post millennial we always have like these links so i think if you click on this link it'll take you to the first um let me see if you click on the link Okay, I guess I can't click on it right now. But if you click on the link, I think it'll take you to the... Yeah, there we go. So it takes you to the previous stories of uh, of the trial. So go get caught up on that because it's interesting to see. Because this all kind of stems from the uh, when Andy was attacked in 2020, reporting on Antifa in Portland. So if you remember... He was attacked once outside and then he was, you know, he was beaten and then he was then attacked again and he helped, he went into the hotel and there's like the video. I think this is one of the videos. Let me see. See if we can play the video actually. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, if you don't remember this. Oh, wait, did it not shoot? See, this is why it's a little bit interesting. So if you don't remember this happening at one of the protests. And then when he ran into the, uh, they chased him into the hotel after beating him in another area. So, yeah, Andy's got a whole thread about it. Um, so if you want to get caught up and everything like that, but definitely go check out what we're publishing because Katie's there every day that there's court putting out um, new information. And, and she's, 
she's doing a fantastic job and they're like i've read i've read all of them and it like yeah you see this one like one of the people that was test that was testifying against andy um was like making claims that andy was giving kill lists and stuff like that to nazis like it's insane like what these people are testifying to so go check it out <laughs> and honestly what what i'll tell you is there's there's so many times i come into this show i come into monday getting ready to do the show and i'm like what am i going to talk about today because there's maybe a few, two or three or four different um, stories that are interesting, but, you know, but some like, I don't even think they're going to be interesting. And then by the time the show comes, there's 15 different stories that I want to cover. Um, so, oh shoot. One of the, one of the things I do want to kind of, um, oh shoot, I got logged out, didn't I? One second, y'all. See, here we go. I knew something was weird. All right. Yeah, so Courtney says that these are the generally the worst groups of people I've ever seen. Just cruel all day long, every day. They're just so violent and hateful and yet like one of the things that the person had screamed out in the courtroom was that like literally like basically trying to say that antifa stands for anti-fascist yet they are the most violent people if you don't go along with their ideologies which is fascism it's really interesting the way that they work but that's called um if you don't know that's called the kalifka trap Khalifa trap means that um, their name is something that if you go against it, then you're automatically that, right? Then so Black Lives Matter. So if you go against or you say anything bad about Black Lives Matter, then you don't think that Black Lives Matter, right? That's what their names specify. Just like um, Antifa, if you disagree with their messaging or anything that they do, then you must be a fascist because they're anti-fascist, which is interesting. I will tell you, we did it on the right. So Gays Against Groomers is a perfect example of how we were able to do this on the right. If you're against Gays Against Groomers, then... You're probably a groomer, right? So, <laughs> just saying. Um, but one of the first stories I wanted to talk about today, um, and actually it wasn't even on my docket to talk about. That's what's interesting about this one is because... Um, actually, did we just... We just updated the story, didn't we? We did. <laughs> it's funny when that happens no um so if you didn't see the artist neo got in trouble um for 
speaking out against, like got in trouble by the left for speaking out against, you know, gender ideology. Um, and so here's what he said. Parents have almost almost forgotten what the role of a parent is. Amen. It's like, okay, if your little boy comes to you and says, Daddy, I want to be a girl. And you just let him rock with that? You just let Right. He's five. Right. And where did he get that if from? If you let this five-year-old boy decide to eat candy all day, he's going to do that. Exactly. Like, when, when did it become a good idea to let a five-year-old, let a six-year-old, let a 12-year-old make a life-changing decision for themselves? Right. When did that happen? Right. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. I, I, I don't get that. Don't and get to that. medicate these young kids that are five, six, growing up and knowing that it, it affects their brain, it affects their organs, it mm-hmm. makes them sick, but they're not allowed to do drugs. They're not allowed to do alcohol. Right. We can medicate he them. He can't up. drive a car yet, but he can decide his sex. Right. Oh, right. What sex orientation. And he can cut up his pee pee. And, and that, to me, that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, so I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard a rumor that they, they, they either passed or are trying to pass a law in L.A. that states if your child comes to you and asks to do some of these things and you say no, they can take your kid for Yeah, you. that's true. Just passed in California. That does. That makes no sense. They want us to have no control over our children. I don't, I don't get it. In schools, I don't in get it. Hospitals, libraries. Yeah. They just want to manipulate. You got to understand when they're so young and they're already that's impressionable. That's right. Mm-hmm. And from them, they're going to believe what you say. I mean, yes. we say Santa Claus is real. You know, the Easter and they Bunny. It like, right. Exactly. Like, you gotta they know what they're doing. Remember who you're dealing with. I, I don't. I, I can't take credit for it, but I heard somebody say one time, "It's like, all right, if your son comes to you and says, Daddy, I want to be a girl.'" Ask your son, son, what is a girl? Mm, that's a good one. What is he going to do? He's going to say, uh, well, he might, he might want to play with dolls. All right, you want to play with dolls. Fine, play with dolls. Right. But you're a boy right. playing with dolls. That's right. You want to wear pink. All right, cool, wear pink. But you're a boy that's right. wearing pink. No <laughs> issue with, with the LBG. I have no problem with none of with nobody. Okay? Right. Love who you love, do what you do. Exactly. I just personally come from an era where a man was a man and a woman was a woman. And it wasn't but two genders. And that's just how I rock. Me now too. It, 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 you could you could identify as a goldfish if you feel right. <laughs> I, I agree. Care. That ain't my business. It's just, it becomes my business when you try to make me play the game with you. I'm not gonna right. call you a goldfish, but exactly. you, you want to be a goldfish, you go be a goldfish. It's all Amen. Good. I mean, well yeah, it's, it's just we live in a weird time, man. We do. Right. Trigger so warnings. Ha- what the right. hell is a trigger warning? <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, it's just yeah. I mean. I don't see anything wrong with what he said in that in that situation. Like that's he's he's right. Like that's the way that society has become. And um it it's it's really interesting. So he even says like boys are boys, girls are girls. And if you go and watch if you go and watch my my after show the last time I was on Tim cast, I agree with exactly what he said because what we talked about on that after show was that trans women are a subsection of men because they are. Otherwise you don't have definitions because a man is an adult human male, but we present this as a society as something different based on stereotypes of the opposite sex and based on how we feel comfortable presenting ourselves. It's not simply just gender nonconformity because there's levels of gender nonconformity 
right? There's gender non-conforming males who wear girls' clothes or wear, you know, more feminine clothing. And then there's people who it's based on se secondary sex, sex characteristics that give them gender dysphoria and they transition to alleviate that gender dysphoria. So there's, there's a lot of different stuff, but I am one of these people that would say that trans women are a subsection of men, which is exactly what he's talking about. Like, what is a girl? A girl is an, is an adolescent human female. Males can't be female. So if that gets me kicked off YouTube, and actually I'm streaming on Facebook tonight too, so I'm guessing could happen. I don't care. Like, we'll see what happened. But you can't. You can't change your sex. You can't um, erase biology. And I think if more people accepted that, then we wouldn't be in a lot of the situations that we're in today. Um, and yeah, John, so that law passed. So if that law passed, society is done. Like, yeah, like California is passing laws. They passed a law earlier this legislative session that said that if you run away to California, so if you're a child and you run away from another state without your parents, then you basically become wards of the state of California and they don't have to give you back to your parents because your parents are supposedly transphobic. Yes, those are the laws. Anywhere you hear that they are a sanctuary state for you know gender transition issues, that is what they're talking about. So California is not the only one that's passed these laws. I think Minnesota, Oregon, actually, I believe, I, did, I think in one of my earlier episodes, we talked about this, but if you look, there's a, there's a, there was a law passed and it was, they, it was mostly around abortion, but it was talking about children having autonomy to be able to make the decisions over their body at the age of eight to 10. Like the question that was raised was, can a 10 year old, you know, consent to an abortion? And basically the person had admitted that they could in the uh in the hearing which is insane it's insane to think that children can make these decisions we have like age of consent laws for reasons because children do not understand the full ramifications of their decisions and that's why children can't consent to these sex changes but I digress. So originally Neo had posted on now X. I'm going to continue to call it Twitter. How's that? I already said I'm going to. So Twitter. Um, he said, I mean, people, they came after him. Pop Craven came out and said he's transphobic, misogynistic. Um, you know, hit pieces. One person said, damn, I I didn't know Neo was transphobic. Let me go block him on Spotify. And so Neo's account on, on Twitter said, after much reflection, I'd like to express my deepest apologies to anyone that I may have hurt with my comments on parenting and gender identity. I've always been an advocate for love and inclusivity in the LGBTQI 
plus community. So I understand how comments could have been how my comments could have been interpreted as insensitive and offensive. Gender identity is nuanced, and I can honestly admit that I plan to better educate myself on the topic so I can approach future conversations with more empathy. At the end of the day, I lead with love and support everyone's freedom of expressions and pursuit of happiness. So John says there are they are quietly destroying the family integrity, making parents scared of their kids. I'm going to my best to change things, Sarah. I have plans and visions and purpose. Good. That's what we need. So this is the thing. You're absolutely right. What they are doing, this is what is a postmodern neo-Marxist society. In a Marxist system, you can't, like, you don't, control your children's actions right because they need your children to be wards of the state in order to indoctrinate them into their ideology and make them producers for the quote-unquote greater good and so that is the marxist aspect of what they are doing here that's why they're using that's why queer theory critical race theory all critical theories are based in postmodern neo-marxism um and that's they're basically their overall goal is to make your children wards of the state to take away parental rights make you basically a caregiver um, but you have no rights to control what they do or do not do and so this is just the first step maybe the second step in doing that now maybe an hour or so before I came on the air, I saw this and it looks like we, uh, we did definitely update our story because Neo actually made a statement saying that he doesn't agree. He doesn't agree because it was his publicist that wrote that apology. So here's what he said. What's going on loved ones. This is Neo. All right, listen, I normally don't give too much of a damn about what y'all think about what I do, what y'all have to say about what I say, whatever. I normally don't care because like I said, opinions ain't special. Everybody got one. However, this is something I feel very strongly on and I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43 year old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. I'm absolutely entitled to feel how I feel the same way you are entitled to feel how you feel. I ain't asked nobody to follow me. I ain't asked nobody to agree with me. I was asked a question and I answered the damn question. Okay. I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever. So there you go. I mean, this is where it's interesting because he, uh, I, did he change his opinion because he realized that it didn't matter if he apologized or not, that he was going to get hate from people either way, or was it his publicist? And Courtney, yes. If it was his publicist, is she fired? 
he or she fired. I should shouldn't gender that term, but is the publicist fired? Um, maybe, maybe not. I mean, there's a lot of nuance to the situation. I'm not going to call for somebody to be fired. Um, you know, that would be that would be wrong, right? Just like our next story where NASCAR basically got this person. So this NASCAR driver got suspended indefinitely for liking a meme. Let me say that again. Suspended indefinitely for liking, liking, just clicking the like button, a meme. I, so here's the story. This is the journalist who got this driver suspended. Um, basically, yeah, so this is the journalist, Daniel McFadden. Um, he actually received quite a bit of backlash, like getting ratioed like crazy um, after he, after NASCAR announced, or actually after, it was actually for his team announced that they had suspended him indefinitely. NASCAR supported the team. Um, but he posted, you know, basically getting the driver canceled that Noah Gregson is the driver, um, made a big mistake. I did my due diligence to make sure that it was real. So what do you do? What was his mistake? Um, he liked this meme. So it is a meme. Uh, I can pull it up. Let me see if I can pull it, if we have it somewhere else. Um, no. So let's pull this up. So this is the meme. And again, if this gets me booted, go follow me on Rumble, Twitter. Um, but it's a meme of George Floyd on um, with the Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. And it says, under the knee, under the, the knee, in the terms of under the sea, right? This the song. And 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 Noah liked it on, on Instagram. Now, do I like the meme? No. I don't. I I, I not my kind of humor. Just it's not. Um so I I it's yeah, I I don't like it. I, I think it's a I think it's a bad meme. But to suspend somebody to and for somebody to feel good, like like I said, you feel good about yourself for reporting somebody that liked a meme. Like to to try to cancel somebody for liking a meme is this is where we are. Like this is the issue with society. Cancel culture is a huge issue in society, right? I mean. I've been on the other side of plenty of people trying to cancel me just for being who I am. So I could never advocate for, you know, just somebody liking a meme and, and probably haphazardly clicking it. Um, 
it just doesn't make sense. Like, but let me tell you, and and yeah, this person basically, Daniel said, made a big mistake. So he works for Brunt Stretch, um, and he continued on Twitter for the whole day yesterday. Um, and actually, this person was great. Do you enjoy getting somebody fired over liking a meme about a criminal? Um, like, why are you supportive of criminals? It's funny how people think that that is journalism. It's just, it's not. But, um, and like, this is what his team said. Like, we have, so this is Legacy Motor Club was the one that suspended him. He said, we have made the decision to suspend Noah Gregson effective immediately regarding his actions that do not represent the values of our team. Josh Berry will drive the number 42 car, blah, blah, blah. NASCAR has been going woke for a little while, though. If you remember, like, um, they had previously made statements about, you know, George Floyd's death and everything like that. Um, they were, they were like, they were like all over it. Um, like they were all with the woke stuff and, and then they had the whole, the hoax of, uh, Bubba Wallace, if you remember. So the, the news hoax that was in his, um, it was the garage poll that they called it a noose and everything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't make sense. Right. So, um, but they, the NASCAR has been going woke for a while, but the biggest reason why I wanted to share this with you today, right. And this is the irony of it all. And I think we actually, did we? Yeah. Well, so there was, we just posted up uh, a story about this. I don't have the story in the links uh, today, but this same guy, Daniel McFadden, during the course of this whole like canceling of this other person, he liked a post. And what did that post say? Said, you did great, Daniel. You did your job. Don't let these toothless hicks with nothing better to do than watch cars drive in circles get to you. Thank you for having integrity and morals, Daniel. Can't tell that that's one sarcastic. That's a sarcastic post to liking a post calling i mean so the publication that he writes for is um basically reports on nascar and so liking a post that's called basically your publication's main target audience Toothless Hicks with nothing better to do than watch cars drive in circles. You like that post? The irony, right? The irony. Um, and I actually said this. I mean, look, 
if you're going to get try to get somebody canceled for something you probably shouldn't do it yourself so it's only a fair game at that point where you say you know i said uh wait is <laughs> this guy is advocating for the people to get canceled at like a post and i wonder what his employer thinks of him liking a satirical tweet making fun of their core audience because look i don't support cancel culture sure there's plenty of things that i could do that um and actually people try to contact my employer every day trying to get me removed from my job thankfully i have a great employer who understands the situation um but i've been in that position i know what it's like to have people trying to you know basically ruin your life for what you do or what you said um at any given time you know doesn't matter if it was two years ago i have people bringing up stuff two years ago i don't agree with cancel culture i think we can you know debate this stuff i can you can call people out on social media but the moment you raise it to their employer trying to get them you know calling for them to be fired or suspended or anything like that that's an issue and so there's very few times that I would ever advocate for that. But when you're the one doing it to somebody else, make sure your own house is clean first. And so I, I, I wonder if our, I hope our art, I wonder if our article and these posts are going to pick up because I don't know. What do you guys think? You, you think that um, Daniel McFadden actually deserves to be like his employer to be called out like this? because he did it first you know don't start don't start none there won't be none right <laughs> that's what i think um and actually it was interesting because i wasn't going to roll right into that so i i do want to go into you know a hard transition into donald trump Guess fourth time the charm, right? Because um, right now, this could be the week. Um, I'm expecting that this week is probably the week that we are going to see the fourth now indictment brought against the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, in my home state of Georgia. So if I'm not here next week, um. You'll know where I'm at. We'll see. Um, because this is taking place not too far from me. It's taking place just down in the city. I do live in, in Atlanta. So um, they are bringing charge. They're expected. So they, they pulled the grand jury a couple weeks ago. And now they're expected to bring uh, anti like a uh, RICO Rico violations against Donald Trump for interfering in the 2020 election, the Georgia's Georgia's 2020 election. Right. And yes, I, I will be there to cover it for the post millennial taking videos and doing all that stuff. If, and when this takes place. And one of the reasons, um, 
like they've yeah they've been pushing this so if you don't i mean it, it basically comes down to i think the phone call where he wanted to get the votes in georgia um it was during the whole process where he was trying to get um them to launch investigations into each state um let me see and basically everybody's saying yes they are probably going to do this but we put it out today um but so it was put out yesterday this is this is the biggest thing to me and obviously this is from the atlanta journal constitution the roads near the courthouse actually were closed today. Today, um, they were, after ye- yesterday was the last day that they were going to be open through the end of the month, I believe. Um, because, yeah, starting today, the length of Prior Street between Martin Luther King Jr. Drive, which is actually where the Capitol is right there too, um, and Mitchell Street, will be closed until August 18th. The shutdown comes out as the in, comes in anticipation of possible local indictment of former President Donald Trump on an investigation by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis for his efforts to overturn the presidential election in Georgia 2020. Um they started like you see that they started actually laying out like rows of barricades and everything like that along the street. Um, people are starting to show up already um, in in anticipation of this. Um, it's it's crazy, right? I mean, Donald Trump tweeted last week. He only needs one more to win the presidential election. That's like all he needs. And it's going to be this one in Georgia. We've known this is coming. I think I talked about this um, a few weeks ago on the channel. But um, it says they're starting today through at least the 18th. Um, Which means that within probably the next 10 days... We're going to see Donald Trump down in Georgia being arraigned on these RICO charges. It's it's just insane. Like, how do you bring charges like this in the middle of a presidential election? Um, bring charges like this. I mean, if this isn't election interference, then I don't know what is. Like... Wait, you know, they had four years or three years now to bring these charges. And they're just now bringing them up. Why? I think Donald Trump's right when he says that they are bringing up these charges simply because he is running for office. Like, I don't... Sorry. <laughs> I, I think that they are simply bringing these up because, like, because he's running for office. And if he wasn't running for office, then they probably would just let him go away. But he's not. And so they're going to bring up whatever they can do um, to keep him from running. Because now there's there's multiple theories out there. 
a lot of people think that again this helps him so these indictments they actually help his poll numbers only boost by with every indictment that he gets but some people think that they're trying to do this during the primary because he's the only one like they want him to win the primary so that they can get Joe Biden elected. Don't know if that's true. He's leading Joe Biden in a lot of the polls as it is. And if you remember in 2016, he on election day, they said Hillary Clinton had 99% chance of winning the election. So poll numbers mean nothing at this point, especially when it goes in. But when they go against the Democrat, they mean quite a bit in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. But we are going to see possibly another indictment of the former president of the United States. Um, but yeah, we'll move on because um, I spent quite a bit of time on some of the other stories. And if you did not go see, don't go watch. Well, one, go watch Sound of Freedom. Um, it's doing amazing in the box office um, for good reason. If you went, if you watch my video on it, I did a special video on it last week. All right, John, we'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> but if you watch my video on it, I did a special episode on it two weeks ago about why they really hate it. Um, I think there's multiple reasons. Blair White just did another good video, did a good video because, you know, we know Hollywood is full of pedos and probably accurate. But I also think that um, it has to do a lot with BlackRock and their involvement in mainstream media and in Disney and um, the fact that Disney pushed these you know, basically had the rights to it, but Disney didn't have to sell those rights to it. They sold it to the um, Angel Studios, which is funded by Angel Investors. And that's where this story comes into play because now the corporate media is trying to smear the movie because apparently one of the 6,600, 6, almost 6,700 investors in that were crowd that crowdfunded into the movie was arrested and it basically seems like it's like some sort of custody dispute um but i mean they're trying to say that he was you know you know kidnapped this child and this woman or something like that and it just seems don't know what the truth is but um Basically, yeah, over 6,600 people invested into the film. It earned over $5 million. And so they keep saying that this guy is like some, what is it they say? Um, what do they call him? Yeah, they don't even know how much he actually donated to it. It's like Kickstarter where you can donate $5 and hope to get a little bit of money from you know donating like five dollars so um
basically they were like, oh yeah, some sort of custody bet. So basically, let me see. Um, apparently what they're charging him with. So he was a landlord for a woman who was involved in a custody dispute with her aunt. And he was providing living accommodations to this woman and her child. And so he was charged or he was arrested. Um, and according to Pop Craven, he was arrested with child kidnapping and charged with child kidnapping. When basically they said he. Where is this? He was the landlord to a woman who was involved in a custody dispute with her aunt. He was allegedly provided, providing living arrangement to said woman and her child. The former is who is involved in rehabbing the rental property. Literally providing housing accommodations to somebody who is in a custody dispute and he was charged um, for that. And they're trying to say... He has been arrested and charged with child kidnapping. Why? The more they push against this film and the more they try to make like one out of 6,600 people to be like the bad guy, the more that they're making themselves look worse. Like... Why are they hating this movie so much? They called him a major backer. The film earned $5 million and 6,600 people helped donate to it. I don't know if any of those people would be considered a major backer to the film. It's not like a normal film where, you know, one person basically foots the whole project. Like if this was you know, Warner Brothers or something like that, it would be a completely different story. If this was Disney, Disney CEO, or Dis like somebody involved in the studios, you know, somewhere in there, this would be a lot different story. They wouldn't even cover it probably, right? They wouldn't. They wouldn't cover it. Makes no sense. They are going after this film and the only reason I can think is because that it deals with human trafficking, which for some reason they want to protect. And another reason is, yes, it was, again, go back and watch my video. It was bought by Disney. BlackRock owns the mainstream media. They're embarrassed that they sold it. And this is like Angel Studios is basically the alternate media for the film industry and so they have to try to make you not like they they can't have these parallel economies that we've been fighting for for so long same reason why we're streaming on on uh rumble twitter youtube and facebook tonight because the first two are free speech platforms so if i get canceled off the second two you can still find me on those other ones. And they don't like that. Um, which is the same reason. If films that they don't want get, want to be made 
are made by studios that are funded by, you know, crowdfunding, they can't have that happen because it's outside their locus of control. They can't control that. And they are scared. And in a movie about human trafficking, it didn't call out any of these elites, but it might as well have because their reaction to it says everything and that's probably about as far as i can go without again getting canceled off youtube may have gone too far already it's so funny because i i've been telling people i've been kind of going almost daring them we'll see what happens <laughs> um but yeah gosh told you when i had stories today and we get caught up talking and we are coming up towards the top of the hour but um what i need to do so what i actually do need to do i think i knocked out all this, the title stories today but i need to start doing like a segment and this is kind of what we're going to do right here at the end is a segment that is just knocking through stories that um are the ones that we can't talk about for super long, but are important. So um, the first one is, let me see. So if you didn't see the video, the 7-Eleven worker who stopped the would-be thief in Stockton, California, um, he's under investigation for assault. Yeah. So they're charging, again, a worker who, well, let's just watch the video. Let's just watch the video first. Um, here. Hey, why are you getting every day? Sit down. Why are you getting every day? Why are you getting every day? Why are you getting every day? Why are you Hey, hey, can I get a can I get a swizzle? Let me get a swizzle. Oh, back up, nigga. Back up. I'm, 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 I'm. Put it down on this fucking ass nigga. Oh, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. But there's nothing you can do. It's like they're not going to do nothing. You just have to be. Frank, you have insurance? You have insurance? What? Did you have a shot? No, this is, it, it hurts me. God damn. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Until police come out. Hey, hey, no, you, hey, don't. Hey, ain't nothing you can do, man. Don't do that. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. That keeps going. I mean, the police aren't doing anything in these places. You know, um, where was this? This was where I say it was Stockton, California. Stockton has 
one of the highest crime rates of any city in the country. It's like the highest crime rate in California. But we've been seeing these things pop up week after week after week where these brazen thieves feel like they can just go in and rob stores without any consequences. Because, like, you call the police here. Police are going to come. It's just petty theft. They're not going to do anything about it. They don't really care. These tough-on-crime police departments, they're not going to do anything. And so employees like this who do something... Now, what I will say, it was a little overkill. As soon as he was on the ground, they should have just subdued him and then waited for police to come. Hitting him that many times, it's a little bit of overkill. But this is what's happening is people are getting fed up with these robbers doing this type of stuff. We've seen this happen in New York different places in California, stores almost all over Portland, Seattle, San Francisco. They're all closing because nobody are, nobody's going there because of this. We saw here in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, the Lululemon store fired two employees who called the police after one of this thing, after this happened. Like all, apparently all they were supposed to do was scan the QR code and then call it a day. But these, like this person actually, had robbed the store two other times in 24 hour period. And these employees, they had had it. And this guy filming, you know, apparently he owns a business down the street and he's like, you can't do that. You're going to get arrested. Like, but when, and, and, and it's true. Like when you have somebody like, what is it? Um, the person in Daniel Penny, was it, was it? Who it is? So Daniel Penny in New York, who subdued um, the person on the train who's now being charged with like manslaughter or something. Like if police aren't going to do something about, I mean, that's the problem is police don't do anything about these types of incidents. So these people, they continuously, you know, reoffend, reoffend, reoffend. And then you basically lose all your business. I mean, you have like Walmart completely shutting all their, all their stores in the Northeast or the Northwest. Like, you have Walgreens in Chicago have basically where they don't have anything out on the shelves. They have like two rows and then everything else is in the back for employees to go get. Um, that's what they are having to do. Like every go into supermarkets in New York city and try to buy ice cream. Like the five, the little $5, you know, little tubs of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Those are behind locked cage cases because of these types of things you know fuck around and find out like that's what's that's what these people you know it's going to take either police standing up or business owners to stand up and we we saw you know we've seen this too many times where like the bodega owner in new york I think he was finally released, but he was charged with assault too after defending himself. There was, um, Elvin Bragg was going to charge another person who basically stole the gun of a robber and shot him. <laughs> like, after he had already been shot. And so, like I said, 
you know, fuck around and find out. Like, this is going to keep happening unless these cities do something to curb these criminals, which they're not doing yet. So it is what it is. Um, but this guy shouldn't be charged. I mean, they're charging him for assault. Or they're investigating for assault. They didn't actually file any charges yet. I should say that. Um, they just combined the two... Um, the two investigations into one but last story um so charlotte pride gives their harvey milk award to a registered sex offender this year it's really interesting because this guy chad turner he uh he's kind of a known sex offender too like he his offense took place in where was it took place in well um, well, so his, his conviction was committing a lewd act on a child under 16, uh, while he, while he fondled the boy in his sleep. Um, the Charlotte's champion of pride annual awards basically given to endower of the uh, endeavor to empower and unite LGBTQ and allied people through their leadership service and support gave it their Harvey Milk Award to Chad Turner. I mean, I guess that's fitting, though, right? So, <laughs> for one, the award is given to an individual to honor individual to honor exceptional leadership, service to the community, and those who champion LGBTQ causes that impact the Charlotte community and beyond. Now, if you know about Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk was accused, wasn't convicted, but he was accused of statutory rape against a 16-year-old runaway from Maryland named Jack Gallen McKinley um, when he was 33 years old. So, maybe it is a fitting award, I don't know. Um, but he served under multiple aliases, and so it was in 2000 he was convicted um, from an incident in 1998 where a 15, when he was the youth minister, a 15-year-old boy testified that he woke up to Turner fondling him when they were staying over at night at a house. Um, what's also interesting is there's this picture from this gala where the then Attorney General Roy Cooper turned governor of North Carolina was um, at a camp, you know, took a picture with Roy Cooper at an event for this organization where he was staying literally right next to the, you know, Roy Cooper. And Roy, so apparently this guy actually worked on the, the Charlotte, he worked on the bathroom bills in Charlotte, North Carolina, that basically was the first self-ID bill in the United States. Basically said that a trans person can use whatever bathroom they self-identify into and you can't question it. So it was the first government overreach from taking away the private property owner's rights. Um, if you remember, I, I always say in 2015, gay marriage was legalized 
activists were looking for something to do in 2016, Charlotte, North Carolina issued that bill or issued that city ordinance and the state of North Carolina took the bait and passed the, the bathroom bill that swept the, swept the, swept the state, you know, forcing people to use the bathroom with their sex and not, you know, how they present or anything like that. Complete opposite direction. Which kind of started this entire trans craze. Like it started all this being an issue and trans being in the forefront. Like that's kind of where it started. Um, and so this guy had a hand to play in that. And then Roy Cooper um, was ended up being elected governor of North Carolina running to repeal HB2. And he won. And then they did repeal HB2. So that, you know, the first bathroom bill ever, it's no longer in the United States. And um, now we're seeing those bills starting to come up again. And I don't know if they will, you know, if they're going to go anywhere. Um, there was some issues with them. Again, they they take away private property owners' rights. So that's where I'm at on it. But, um, yeah. Let me see. Did we have that? Yeah. But he was very involved in those types of things and was actually very involved in this uh, Chamber of Commerce um, in the in their program. And apparently, it still is. Um, receiving awards in 2023 while a registered sex offender. Like this is, you would think, like, and, and, and actually, I mean, you could say, well, he maybe he served out his time. And I would say, okay, maybe. But no, because he had a minimum of 10 years. So 10 years was the time that, so in 2012, he could have appealed um, to get taken off of the sex offender registry. But his last... Uh, his last, uh, where is it? His last report date or his last verified address was in 2022. So he's still on the list. He didn't get taken off. So, you know, and usually if you I, dig into it, I'm assuming that there's, I, I there were, if I remember correctly um, with this story, that there were others that have accused him of, other similar crimes, but those are alleged. Can't confirm those. Um, I don't think he was ever tried on them. I couldn't find any other um, stuff on that, but yeah, I mean, this was his picture in 2022 when the last time he had to register. So, you know, probably not the perfect person. Actually, like I said, maybe the perfect award for him was the Harvey Milk Award. Um, given what he was accused of. Now he was, like I said, he wasn't convicted of anything. Uh, Harvey Milk was the first, um, where is it? He was the first, um, he was the first openly gay elected official in the United States before he was assassinated, but he was also accused of statutory rape. So I don't know. 
But y'all, that is the show for tonight. Like I said, next week we're gonna have a great guest. Um, long as she doesn't bail on me again, she won't though. We're good. Uh, <laughs> I joke. Um, but thank you guys for watching and sticking with me through this. I know there's. It's like I said. There's so much news and. I go into the show, I come into the day thinking, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then it seems like I, there's way too much to talk about. And I can't touch every story I want to because um, there's so many more. So definitely go check out the postmillennial.com where we are putting out content tremendously. We're putting out a ton of content every day, news story after news story, and we are fast. So go, go to the postmillennial. Um, if you don't, Go to the website, go subscribe to the Twitter account um, because we're posting everything on there. We're posting good videos. We're posting a lot on there. Um, and yeah, click that like and subscribe button. Let me know what you guys think about this. Uh, you know, all these types of things in the comment section. Follow me across all social media platforms. Links are in the description below. And I will see you next time.